It's great to have everyone here for a uh, true family service. So we don't have a nursery. We've got all ages here. Uh, so I will uh, keep it brief. I'll keep it, keep it moving because uh, I know for some of you, I'm the only thing standing between you and presence. I don't want to revolt. So we will uh, we'll go quickly. But, uh, but I am very happy uh, to be here. And I want to wish you, a, uh, again, uh, a Merry Christmas. Uh, let's say a word of prayer, and then we will jump into the word. Uh, Father, thank you so much for this chance that we can uh, come into your house. Uh, We thank you, Lord, that this is uh, a a holiday and a holy day when we get to uh, remember uh, Christ being born and uh, taking on our our nature. Uh, We pray, Lord, that he would come and uh, uh, dwell in us and and be with us just as much as he was 2,000 years ago in the manger. We pray that you would uh, bless us and change our lives as a result of your Holy Spirit uh, living inside of us. We pray all this in the name of Christ. Amen. Whenever you think about Christmas, what things, what images, what symbols come to your mind? Well, if you were here last night, whenever we were celebrating Advent, well, I hope that you think of the symbol or image of light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Uh, So whenever we come together, if you were here last night or just here for the entire month of December, uh, we were lighting the Advent candles to remember Jesus as being our light. And if you are to drive around town at Christmas time, maybe you drive around some uh, fancy neighborhood, you're going to see plenty of different lights. Or maybe you go to a museum in New York City or to a famous church, and you're going to see it decked out with Christmas lights. Now, even if these places don't realize what they are doing is representing Jesus, the light of the world, that's what I believe they're doing, even if they don't realize it. If you set up your Christmas lights outside, you probably don't turn them on during the day. You wait until it is nighttime and dark, and then you flip on those lights. And even if it's just for a moment, the darkness flees, because that is the power of light. And that's the power of Jesus Christ coming into the world. He is the light that drives away darkness. Well, last night we spent our time thinking about light, and I think that is the primary symbol of Christmas is light. But I want us to think about another symbol instead, and that is the tree. What about the Christmas tree? Now, um, you might be surprised to hear this, but the Christmas tree is not found in the Bible. Uh, So I I personally do not care if you have a Christmas tree or not. Uh, As an adult, I have set up a Christmas tree two times. Uh, Both of the trees have been two feet or under. Uh, That more has to do with my laziness uh, as opposed to my particular view about having a Christmas tree or not. But I'm curious, how many of you have a Christmas tree at your home this year? Would you mind, like, slipping up a hand? Okay, nice. So the the overwhelming majority, we, we do as well. Uh, I'm wondering, did anybody set up a Christmas tree before Thanksgiving? Did anybody set up a Christmas tree before Thanksgiving? Okay, a couple people did. Uh, Did anybody set up a Christmas tree before the month of December? Before December? Okay, a few more. All right, did anybody set up their Christmas tree this week? Did anybody set up their Christmas tree this week? All right, so everybody was uh, not procrastinating. They got it in beforehand. Uh, Now, what about taking the Christmas tree down? Is anybody going to take it down today? Does anybody take it down on Christmas Day? All right, that'd be kind of Ebenezer Scrooge-ish of you if you did that. Uh, What about before January 1st, before New Year's? Will you guys take it down? All right, so there's uh, two, three families. Don't be be shy. There's several of them there. All right, does anybody leave it up beyond January? 
Does anybody leave it up beyond January? Does anybody leave it up beyond uh, Valentine's Day? All right, so a few of you leave it up into February. Well, uh, basically what I want to do this morning is I want to talk about trees. Uh, If you remember from Psalm 19, we said that nature, the book of nature, tells us about God. And I believe trees do just that. But I also believe that there are enough trees in the Bible that help us understand uh, the whole story of the gospel. The whole story of the Bible can be told through trees. So that's what we're going to do this morning. So whenever you go home and you see that Christmas tree, I hope you think of at least one of the things we talk about today. All right, so uh, I believe the trees tell us uh, the story of the gospel. Uh, If you live in a place like New England, uh, you see trees uh, die, in a sense, every year. Their leaves fall off, and whenever it's cold, they don't have anything to cover them, and it looks as if they are dead. But then comes springtime, and guess what? They come back to life. They have flowers, and they have leaves, and eventually they have fruit, but then again, they, they die, right? And we have to go through another season of death in the winter, but then they come back to life, So trees kind of give us this cycle of death and resurrection. But not just with their leaves, we also see this cycle of death and resurrection with their fruit. Picture an apple tree. An apple has, a tree has uh, these beautiful apples, right? Those are fruit, but they fall into the ground. They die. But whenever the seed goes into the ground and it dies, guess what? There is new life. A new tree comes from that tree. So one of the reasons I want to talk about trees is the tree is something from nature that helps us understand the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But if we look at the actual pages of scripture, we see trees all throughout the Bible. Now, whenever you think of the very beginning of the Bible, what's the first tree you think of? Does anybody know the first tree you see in the Bible? Say it again. Yeah, very good. The tree of life. So whenever God created the world, he made everything. He made the sun, he made the moon, he made the stars, and he made trees. But there was one tree that was especially fruitful. It was the tree of life. It wasn't just like eating an apple or a pear. If you ate this fruit, you would have special life. You could live longer than you ever imagined. And we see pictures of this idea of eating something to get life all throughout the Bible. Uh, You see it whenever Israel's in the wilderness. They were eating something called manna, this little uh, flaky bread, and that gave them life. Uh, We also see Israel eating the Passover lamb, and that Passover lamb sustained them. And us in the New Testament, why we eat the bread and the wine, which reminds us of Jesus' body and blood. So this idea of eating something to get life is found in the very first pages of Scripture and the dawn of creation with the tree of life. But unfortunately, the tree of life was not the only tree that we see in the opening pages of Scripture. Does anybody remember another tree in the early pages? I know somebody knows it. Yeah, very good. We have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There was one tree placed in the garden that Adam and Eve were not supposed to eat of or they were going to die. Well, I think you know the story. Adam and Eve decided to go ahead and disobey God and they ate that fruit. And as a result, death entered into creation. 
Now, I believe that there was a real tree like that in Genesis, but I also believe that we kind of act out that story almost every day of our lives. We know what we should be doing, but we don't do it. We choose to eat the fruit that is forbidden, and we sin. Well, whenever Adam and Eve ate this forbidden fruit, why they were kicked out of the garden. They couldn't have fellowship with God. They were separated from the tree of life. But fortunately, these are not the only trees in Scripture. In the book of Exodus, we see one of my favorite trees, and one that I think is especially meaningful on Christmas Day. There was a tree or a bush that had fire in it. Now, we see bushes on fire all the time, especially if you live out west. But with this tree, what made it special, even though it was on fire, it did not get burned up. This is not the greatest picture, in my opinion, because it looks like the tree is kind of withering or, or dying. But just picture a tree in full bloom with all of its leaves and on fire, but it was still okay. The fire did not damage the tree. Well, that fire represented God, his holy angel coming to give Moses a message. So in this picture of a tree, we see that which is from nature. We see a tree. But then we see that which is from God, the fire. And they are there together as one. And this reminds us of Jesus Christ. You see, he was a very special baby who was born. But he had two natures. He had a human nature, just like you and I, but he also had a divine nature, this nature of fire. And whenever he was born, it was as if both of those natures were concretely formed in one thing. And there was Jesus Christ. God and man, fire and bush, two natures in one person. So this is a tree that helps us see a picture of redemption. Nature not dying, not being separated from God, but nature being united to God and being given a glorious nature. And we see trees that have special power just a few chapters after the burning bush. Now, I I looked all over the internet for a better picture, and I could not find one uh, to to illustrate this tree. Uh, But after the story of the Exodus, when Moses takes uh, the Israelites uh, through the Red Sea, uh, they're in the desert, all of them are thirsty, and they come to a pool of water. All the Israelites are relieved, oh, finally we can satisfy our thirst with this water. But guess what? The water is bitter, and none of them can drink it. There's like hundreds of thousands of people, they're all thirsty, here's a bunch of water, but it tastes disgusting. They can't drink it. So what does God tell Moses to do? Well, he says, I want you to take a tree and I want you to throw it in that water. Well, as soon as that tree hit the water, the water became sweet and delicious. Maybe something like Kool-Aid, I don't know. But then all the people could gather together and drink that water. So we see that trees can have very powerful effects in the Old Testament. And even whenever the Old Testament, when the prophecies tell us about Jesus himself, they say that he's going to come from a root. He's going to be like a little tiny tree. And he's going to sprout not just from any tree trunk, he's actually coming from the root of Jesse. Now, Jesse was the father of King David, the greatest king, the the grandfather of King Solomon. And from that line, there was going to be born another king. 
But this king was not going to be coming in great majesty and he wasn't going to be coming in great power even though he was God and a human being. Now as a human being, he had to grow up like a young plant. He was like a seed planted in the ground and as he grew up, nobody thought anything special about him. Nobody noticed him. The the scriptures say that he was without beauty. He was not going to be on the cover of People magazine or anything like that. He was not so attractive. Well, he lived this this perfect life, growing up and looking like he was going to flourish into a tree. But he actually had another encounter with a tree. Three times in the book of Acts, it tells us that Jesus Christ died by hanging upon a tree. In the Old Testament, dying on a tree was a curse. The people who die on trees are, are not uh, a good people uh, in the Old Testament. Maybe they're, they're hung uh, for uh, an egregious sin or for disobedience. Uh, one of uh, King David's uh, children tried to overthrow King David, and he actually got tangled because he had long flowing hair, something I, I, I dream about. But he was riding a horse, and he got caught in a tree, and he was there hanging and then died. So dying on a tree is seen as something shameful. It's seen as a curse. And we're going to revisit this story once we get to Easter uh, in a few months. But Jesus died on the cross. That was uh, him dying on a tree. And he took our curse whenever he did that. We've all sinned. We've all eaten of the forbidden fruit. Uh, We deserve to be cast out of the garden like Adam and Eve. Uh, We deserve to, to die for our treason upon a tree. But there Jesus Christ was. The one who was that eternal fire uh, mixed with the perfect, beautiful bush. There he was dying in our place. He was like that piece of plump, luscious fruit you see on a tree. But he fell into the ground and died on our behalf. But scripture tells us that whenever Jesus died, he did not stay dead. But he came back to life. The same way that a piece of fruit does not simply fall to the ground but comes back to life. And the kingdom of Jesus Christ, or the kingdom of God, is like the biggest tree you have ever seen, according to Luke's gospel. Jesus says that the kingdom of God is the biggest tree, and all the birds of the air are welcome to come and make their nests in this tree. All animals are welcome to come and find their shade underneath its branches. And of course, this is a picture of the arms of Christ stretched out, welcoming all of us into his embrace underneath a great tree. And the final tree we see in scripture appears in the last pages. It's the last chapter of the book. There we see it again. What is it? It is the tree of life. The Bible opens with a tree, the tree of life. But human beings did not choose that tree. We chose the tree that separated us from life. And Jesus comes and he steps on a tree, but not the tree of life. Jesus goes to the tree of death. And because of his death on a tree, why we can have access to the tree of life. Let me see if I can read the text here. Then the angel showed me, this is uh, John talking, St. John. "Then, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. 
through the middle of the city on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit. The leaves of the tree were the healing of the nations. So there we see at the beginning, we see at the end, the tree of life. The difference? Well, in the uh, opening pages of scripture, uh, humanity chose death instead of life. But here in the final pages of scripture, we see that we have access to the tree of life once again. One of my favorite lines in all of scripture is that, that last little sentence there. The leaves of the tree of life were the healing for the nations. Uh, imagine all the, the turmoil that's going around our world right now. And think of this tree, that if you were to eat the fruit, or if you were to, to touch the leaves of this tree, then you would be healed, and everything would be at peace. And don't just think of places like the Ukraine where there's war. Think about here in the United States. Something like 800,000 people are without power in the coldest time of the year. Think of that tragedy. Well, I imagine that if we could touch the leaves of this tree, we would need no heaters. We would need no power, for they would be our healing and our warmth and our sustenance. So as you go home and think of the Christmas tree, I hope all of these images of trees from Scripture permeate your conscience and make you think of the tree in a new way. But not just whenever you go home and see your Christmas tree, whenever you drive home and you see hundreds and thousands of trees on the way, and whenever you wake up in the morning and go to work and you see other trees on your commute, I want you to think about all of these glorious trees and know that one day we're going to face the tree of life. We're going to eat and be satisfied. But before we wrap up, I want to ask a final question about trees, and that is, what kind of tree will we be? What kind of tree will you be? Whenever Jesus was teaching his disciples, he said there are two kinds of people, and he compares them to trees. He says one type of person is going to be a tree that, that bears good fruit, and the other type of person is going to be a tree that bears bad fruit. Uh, so you yourself can become a tree of life. You can bear good fruit and bring healing and life to others. Or you can be a tree that bears bad fruit, that brings distractions and brings pain to others. So how do we determine which type of fruit tree we are going to be? Well, Psalm 1 says that as we press into the law of the Lord, as we press into Scripture, why we will be like a tree planted by streams of waters, that we will bear luscious fruit and we will never wither and die. So if we want to be trees of life ourselves, why we must press into scripture. We must press into Jesus Christ, who is a human being, yes, but he is also divine. And through him, we can have divine life as well. And in our last slide here, there's a promise in the book of Revelation where uh, uh, John tells the churches that, that those who conquer that those who press into Christ, that those who bear good fruit, well, we have a prize waiting for us. And what is that prize? It's the glory of the morning star. Daniel tells us that those who pursue wisdom and righteousness, they will shine like stars themselves. 
So sometimes we put an angel on top of a Christmas tree, but many times we put stars on top of a Christmas tree. We say to our kids, you ought to shoot for the stars whenever you're applying for colleges or whenever you're trying to get a job. Well, as Christians, we're all called to shoot for the stars, not just on our Christmas trees, but in our lives, because shining like the stars is our destiny. Let us pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for uh, the trees uh, that you have given us in Scripture. Uh, we thank you for the trees of, uh, of life. Uh, we thank you for the tree of, of restoration. Uh, we thank you for the, the, the tree that turns the bitter water sweet. Uh, we thank you for uh, the tree that uh, was born 2,000 years ago and, and, and grew up and lived a perfect life on our behalf. We pray, Lord, you'll help all of us to press into that tree, to press into the waters of Scripture so that we can eat of the eternal fruit of the tree of heaven with Jesus Christ and his church. We pray that you'll bless us in his name. Amen.